Hey everybody, welcome to HBCU Game Day, and do we have some news today. This might be the biggest news ever in the history of HBCU Game Day. We have our assembled cast, Wally Pitt, Stephen J. Gaither, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, Vaughn Wilson, and myself, Tali Carr, but the one name that we're going to talk about for the next few minutes is Deion Sanders, the new head football coach at Jackson State University. Let's start with the guy who probably has known Dion to some extent more than the rest of us as Vaughn Wilson. Vaughn, uh, you were in Tallahassee. Dion was at Tallahassee. He was at Florida State slash FAMU. <laughs> you have a little bit of history with Dion, right? Yeah, Dion's uh, history uh, in Tallahassee uh, at FAMU uh, is a storied one. Uh, his first wife was from, from FAMU. Uh, Dion has been uh, a big name in Tallahassee and a big name in sports. And it's no surprise that Jackson State made this decision. Uh, Dion has been a great athlete himself, but he turned himself into a coach and did a great job in high school. He did a great job and is continuing to do a great job with his sons. But he has turned into the, the amazing mentor that we probably did not think he had in him. I saw Dion last uh, about a year ago here at a coach's clinic uh, with Corey Fuller, a former teammate of his. And hearing the words that he told those high schoolers uh, still sits with me today. And hopefully before the end of this broadcast, I can get some of that in. But he has the wisdom that is needed of an HBCU coach. Stephen J. Gaither, you've been on this story from the time it was a rumor, from the time Dion, oh, you know, just conveniently picked up uh, that college degree that he had been missing out on. And all those pieces now start to come together. Your initial reaction uh, to what maybe have, was the world's worst kept secret <laughs> to Dion Sanders, head coach at Jackson State. Yeah, um, I say you sit here today, it's pretty amazing, uh, you know, to see where Deion Sanders is now the official head, state, head coach of Jackson State University. Um, you know, about a couple of months ago, uh, well, just a little bit over a month ago, you know, all of a sudden he popped out with uh, at Talladega College with a degree, with a degree. And it was a great story. It, it did very well on the website. So it was it was dope to get a chance to get some Deion content on HBCU Game Day. You know, as a guy who grew up watching him, uh, best, best at the 49ers, but then also with the Cowboys. Um, you know, and so it was like, okay, this is a nice story. He went to Talladega, you know, he went to uh, PWI, Tallahassee, Florida State, you know, he did all of that. And he got his degree at HBCU. That's pretty dope. And then right after that, a couple of days later, Jackson State fires their coach. Uh, and so immediately after that, the rumors begin circulating. Um, you know, there were denials from folks, you know, uh, that were in the know saying that, you know, did he, did he not? Did he even meet with them? And, uh, you know, things kind of quieted, quieted down a little bit, simmered a little bit, you know, they were keeping it live on message boards. But, and then lo and behold, you know, Thursday uh, becomes revealed that, you know, he is still a candidate for the job and, you know, got to do a little bit of maneuvering to get him, you know, some some uh, some issues there, uh, just trying to get th the deal done. But uh, as we sit here today, it's done. And it's pretty amazing that primetime, you know, one of the best defensive players in NFL history, and arguably the greatest defensive back in NFL history is now headed to Jackson State, a place where they couldn't have got him in the 1980s when he was coming in as a football player by that point. 
But now they're being the school to give him a chance to fulfill his dream of being a football, a head football coach. I can't wait to hear Wally Pitt's take, but we're going to save that for last. We're going to save the best for last. Let's kick it down to Houston, Texas now, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. Uh, Doc, we always talk to you about business and big business. Business cannot get any bigger than right now in Jackson, Mississippi, with Deion Sanders now the head coach. Financially, exposure, marketing, what does this mean for the Tigers? Uh, for the Tigers, it it is huge. You can't quite quantify this you know and we could bring in the economists and i could work with him and we could actually find a finite number number to give you some frameworks of what that looks like but just in terms of the general vernacular it is uh, a challenge just to talk about the light bulb and the spotlight spotlight that will be on jackson state and therefore the swag which we keep talking about getting all these wins take this back um when we look at this historically uh, we have Dr. Harry Edwards that talks about this wave of athletes, particularly when we talk about waves uh, in this current environment in terms of protests, if you would, right? Well, there's this wave in there that was during a time with Deion Sanders, Michael Jordan, if you would, Bo Jackson, that were transcending in a different way in terms of the marketability of African-American or black athletes. And they were doing it from a global perspective. Well, Dion, outside of Michael Jordan, right, uh, particularly in a sport of football and baseball, that were able to transcend what we had seen before in regards to, for the most part, was only uh, allowed by the quarterback position in football, specifically from a Eurocentric thought, meaning a white quarterback. He was able to do this from a cornerback position, wide receiver, punt returner, special team, and really blaze trails and cutting over between two sports, remember, of what he was able to do in football as well as baseball. He became the quintessential multi-sport phenomenon in regards to that time when he was playing in the World Series for the Atlanta Braves and the Atlanta Falcons. And then he was able to parlay that into San Francisco, as Stephen Gaither talked about, and enter into the framework where he won a Super Bowl championship. And then his brand matched up with what a lot of people talk about as one of the biggest brands literally in the world. People will argue this, but at least we can say one of them, right? The Dallas Cowboys. And this was during the time where Jerry Jones was creating this phenomenon where he was partnering with Nike and Pepsi and Ford in terms of how they turned that into a, at the time, the largest deal that any player had signed for in the world. Think about that. In the world. That was Deion Sanders. Did so much that it literally changed the league where the league said, Jerry Jones, you can't do that in regards to how you brand. You have to look at differently the contracts you sign. So Dion, in fact, changed the phenomenon of the athlete. We bring it forward back to Jackson State. That's what you get. His connection was with Nike and now Under Armour, all those business platforms from being on NFL Network. He left that, and now he is into another deal. 
and it starts to add up of what was going on. And then Steve Gaither broke that great news in regards to him getting his deal, I mean, his degree, which we understand at the university level to become a head coach is significant and something that, for the most part, you have to have at least a checkoff box to get in that. He got that done. All of a sudden, Jackson State lets go of the coach, and it starts to add up. And now what do we have is the business phenomenon of Dion Neon, Primetime Sanders at Jackson State, as they say, the I love. Man, match made in heaven, and then all the other schools get to deal with the ramifications of that in terms of the Southwestern Athletic Conference SWAC, 100 years, plus one now, coming up on it. Amazing. The I love. Wally Pitt. The I love. Do you love this move, Wally Pitt? Um, it, It's levels to it for me. Uh, on On a purely surface fan level, it's dope. Like having Deion Sanders come in as a head coach at Jackson State. I mean, when you look at it just on the surface, it's a chef's kiss. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Um, but when you look at the nuance of it, there were some things that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, the degree, for one, I don't really now. I don't really have a problem with him getting the degree. But when you get a fast track degree in an effort to become a head coach at a prime HBCU. Now, Jackson State, to me, that's one of the top jobs. You got the best attendance in the land. That's the data tells you that. You got one of the top bands in the land in a t- in a really, really good about to be super conference. To me, that's not a stepping stone job. You know what I mean? That's a banner job. And if this wasn't Deion Sanders, you know, we just got done talking about Steve Nash for days and days and days about how he just kind of came in off name recognition recognition and took a job from John Vaughn. Well, think about all of the guys who are, I mean, grinding in the HBCU coaching ranks, your T.C. Taylors. I mean, even, you know, a bunch of different guys who, who are dedicated and they don't have a chance to get that shot. And that shot was given off of name recognition. Um, and to me, if, it, if we weren't talking about Deion Sanders, God forbid, let's say this is a white guy. What if, what if Matt Ryan decided, hey, I'm going to do this and coach at HBCU? It might be like a hold up, not so fast situation. So for me, when you look in the nuance of it, generally speaking, like I feel a way about already rich, famous people using their richness and fame to get what they want, which is what happened here. Whether you love Dion or not, like that's what happened. But at the same time, like I told somebody, we talking about Dion freaking Sanders. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can't negate who he is, but. For me, the, the, when you get into the nuance of it, some of it is kind of like, eh, I don't know. And, then, and now you're just looking at a situation where what if this is just a stepping stone? You know, what if he comes in and is, and is only there to use Jackson State for his own game as opposed to give something back? Now, from what Vaughn just said, um, you know, I didn't know that. For me, that kind of made me feel a little bit better because maybe he is coming into this with a mission to not just take from Jackson State but give. I, I, I'm with that, but I, I think I think we'd all be remiss if we didn't recognize exactly what this is. It's whatever nepotism is for famous people. I mean, that's what this is. You know what I mean? And just because we love the famous person doesn't mean that we should just negate that. And I mean, you got he's a barstool guy, and I mean, barstool is is I mean, they are a pseudo racist platform at its best. And I will give them I will I'll give them pseudo. 
as as a as a uh, disclaimer there because I don't know him like that. But I mean, to be linked in with Barstool, to to get a fast track degree from an HBCU, and in my opinion, Florida State the one that owe him that degree. Like he the one that made millions and millions and millions of dollars before the Ed O'Bannon deal when they were selling that number two Florida State jersey like water. You know what I mean? He shouldn't have had to go to Talladega for to get a degree, no matter whether he purchased it with money, fame, or he actually did the coursework. That's irrelevant to me. You know what I mean? Like Florida State's the one that owes Deion Sanders, not Talladega. And I'm not I'm not judging Deion and I'm not judging Talladega. I'm just I'm just looking at what it is. You know what I mean? And for me, like that rose me the wrong way. Like Florida State owed him that degree. You know what I mean? Like and and when you look at like a TC Taylor, what is you know, what does this tell a guy like a TC Taylor or like a coach Courtney Court at AT or a coach Sean Gibbs? Like you gonna grind all this time to have a famous person come take a job that's yours? Shoot, you might as well go make a hundred bands as a strength coordinating coach at a PWI. If you're not gonna move up, you might as well at least go get the money that's out there for you to get. You know what I mean? We're talking about a job that's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, that's a life that's a life changing amount of money for a young, hungry, grinding in the ranks HBCU coach. That's a you know what I mean? That's a that's a must be the money video shoot for Dion. No shade, no shade. You know what I mean? So that's just where I'm at with it. I, they they're calling me a hater. I'm just trying to give a, a nuanced perspective. But I mean, it's gonna be lit either way. So this is why I love this is why I love Waleed. Tell him why you're mad, son. Tell him why you're mad. <laughs> I, I mean, I gotta, I gotta keep it funky. Y'all know I, I went to high school on the east side of Winston Salem. Like we, you, you gotta keep it funky and move on, or else you won't last long. So that's, I gotta give it to you how I feel it. All right, there, there was a lot of voices chiming in there. Did, did we have somebody who, who wanted to to fire back here? No, I said so, Wally. I see all of that. I feel all of that. And I, you're being objective, and that's great. But at the end of the day, it's Deion Sanders. Like. This is a guy, like Doc said, he has a brand to his own and to himself. And, you know, you look at a conference like the SWAC, they're a conference that back in the day, they have four Hall of Famers, about to have five Hall of Famers, uh, and they lead the FCS in attendance. But, you know, there are, they are in a state where they're having to compete with SEC programs um, for attention. Not only that, but also state dollars. They live in a place where football is – Football and church are neck and neck, and sometimes this football ahead of church. If you go over a certain time of your a uh, certain time of your sermon, and <laughs> Dion's visibility uh, is going to buy them is going to uh, unfortunately is going to get the, him into places homes that other folks could not get, and that's just the unfortunate reality of the situation. And I know you know that, but just for everybody at home, that's, that's the unfortunate reality of the situation. Um, you know, Dion is a national brand, you know, whatever happens during that first year, the national media will be there. Of course, you're going to follow HBCU game day because that's where you go. But it's going it's gonna to be – it's going to open up a lot of doors for them, not only uh, on the football field but off of it. And, uh, you know, it, it's a chance for them to really make their stake, you know. Uh, the SWAC is reloading and, and uploading. They got FAMU. You know, the rumor is they wanted the coach from FAMU. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, when those two get on the field, but you I know, think I, I don't dispute that. But for me, it's an it's an at what cost thing. Not even so much at what cost, but it's like what are you valuing? I mean, it, if you're willing to say let's just take this guy because he has the fame, he's got the name, he's got the light, but you negate some of the particulars that might be on the downside to me. And I'm not accusing anybody 
of this, that's Trump thinking to me. That's saying, oh, well, I don't care about the misogyny or the racism or the this and that. The economy's going to be good. You know what I mean? To me, that's that same mode of thinking. Well, yeah, he, he rocks with Barstool. And yeah, he might have copped the degree. And yeah, he's stepping over some candidates. But that's Dion, baby. Like for me, whoo, that's a slippery slope. I don't like doing that. Um, that's just where I stand. Again, like I'm not a Dion hater. Like I, I like I, I really have no feelings about him otherwise. But when I look at it objectively, like to me, that's a little bit of stinking thinking. And um, for me, I would rather the value be placed in making our stars because that's what this is about. You know what I mean? We we pride ourselves and we trumpet this. Let's make our stars and our people and our guys. Well, why not make T.C. Taylor a star? Why not let him come up and recruit and become a star? Now, I'm just saying that's another that's another lane that could be gone. But when when you're only caught up in the lights and the who cares what else is happening, that's Dion. That's a slippery slope that, that I'm not willing to go down. Well, there, there are several, several things I want to want to touch on before we run out of time. Uh, let's let's put that on hold right there. Uh, there's two guys here on the panel who have worked at universities. Uh, Von Wilson, you know exactly what it's like to work inside of a sports information department at a Division One HBCU. To have a coach to come in who now has his own PR team, his own staff, his own crew. <laughs> what type of challenges, adjustments do you think Jackson State is going to have to make? Uh, to make this work because you just can't say, oh, Dion's here. Let's kick our feet up. This is going to be easy as pie. Uh, There's going to be some challenges there. I can tell you firsthand that because about four years ago, a little more, Kellen Winslow, the famous tight end for the Chargers, came in as the athletic director at FAMU. And as the sports information director, I had to do things I never did before. I had to get packages up from tops, uh, uh, football cards were sent to me, uh, stacks of eight by 10 photographs from Tops. And my job was to get Kellen to sit down and sign them and send them back to Tops. So it's a whole different dynamic that comes in when you get a person of that caliber uh, that has that going on. So you are exactly right. Kellen Winslow, it was things that I never imagined an SID would have to do, but the guy wore a gold jacket from the NFL. So uh, it was different, and it is going to be difficult at uh, Jackson State. Uh, the only uh, reprieve would be if Dion was to actually come in and get them to win. He did that at Trinity High School in uh, in Texas uh, on the backs of two great athletes that he raised, his sons. So it'll be interesting to see if he can translate it to uh, the college ranks and make Jackson State Tigers uh, roar a little louder. Uh, Dr. Cavill, uh, from, when we go back and look at marketing and, and sponsorships, look, uh, Dion's not going to want to hear anything about, uh, you know, let, let's go out and sell some fish plates and raise some money. Like, <laughs> there, there are certain expectations of uh, Fortune 500 companies that he's accustomed to. Uh, I don't know what state, you know, Jackson State is in financially if you gave me a pop quiz, uh, but... Uh, there's going to be some expectations of a, a yellow brick road appearing there in Jackson, right? I really appreciate that critique uh, from Wally Piff in a lot of ways. And I think it's something that we certainly have to explore. But with that said, we also have to take in the entire culture, which includes the business side of it, which you alluded to, uh, which is, you know, what does that look like? At Texas Southern University, I worked around 
uh, Texas Southern University taking similar type of extenuating uh, with leaps, if you would, with Mike Davis. Uh, Johnny Jones is now the basketball coach. Cynthia Cooper on the women's side, and she's been there twice, right? Um, they did the same similar move in football. So it's really starting to understand that culture in regards to what that looks like, which gets back to how do you deal with Deion Sanders? So one thing we're not privy to is what that conversation was like between Ashley Robinson, Deion Sanders, and the president in terms of setting that expectation, setting the groundwork of what is Jackson State University, what are the heights that they seek to go to, uh, what are their limitations in regards to the financial framework of this deal and of athletics, more importantly, the football budget? How does that look? What is Dion willing to do, uh, come to the table with? Like you said, there are some concerns probably with Barstool, but how does that look in terms of Barstool maybe understanding that they need to reframe uh, their typology in regards to where they're going with the organization? particularly now Dion's in inside. Does he have the ability to negotiate that change with that organization? Uh, Under Armour, what is Under Armour willing to do in regards to increasing their platform? So when we talk about culture, we do have to understand that we are in a capitalistic society, whether we like it or not, and we still should have those critiques on that conversation in and of itself, but this is a global capitalistic society. So you have to even know how to tackle it, even if you're coming from a liberationist mindset. How do you deal with the framework that you are in a society, a society and institutions that govern that framework uh, in terms of capitalism driving that train and that fan base, along with the culture that will have its ups and downs, mood swings from this and that. But to get to the que- crux of your question, it really talks about what was that conversation like between those key stakeholders involved in terms of setting the expectation for all involved of where this is going to go? And that ultimately is going to decide how well this will work in connection with the revenue you're associating that could be brought to Jackson State University. And I will take a bigger perspective a picture of this, a perspective, if you would. Therefore, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and even to some degree, the HBCU phenomenon. Last thing I will leave you with, we were in the middle of two pandemics, right? COVID-19 and racism, and how they have collided during this period with sports and athletics and what is taken up. A lot of that is a shift in moving space in regards to what that looks like. So that's where it's important to start looking at strategies of how do you review your institution and individuals within that institution to move the conversation and the dialogue forward and not being stopped in the moment. Well, we'll ask one more question and then we'll leave it there and I'll give everybody a chance to respond here. We'll we'll start with Wally. And here's my question. Will Deion Sanders at Jackson State have an immediate impact on raising the level and quality of recruits that the Tigers get? Or do you think ultimately kids are still going to say, hey, hey, Deion, man, I love you, but uh, I, I, I still have to check out Ole Miss or Mississippi State or LSU or 
whatever, you know, Power Five, uh, FBS schools in the region and across the country? I think it will have an immediate impact. It'll have a, what do they call them, a, a convention bump? It's not going to be just rocketed out of the way where you got kids just not even going to Alabama or Ole Miss or wherever. But I think it's definitely – it's 100% going to have an impact on Jackson State. And I think the combination of Dion this spring football season, Swack and Bethune coming, I mean, it is a perfect storm for, I think, the recruiting, especially and the visibility and everything, to go through the roof for everybody. I mean, you might have some kids who go to – Southern just because they might want to beat Dion. They might want to intercept the pass, hit the end zone, and do the Dion on a Dion team. <laughs> you know, I mean, you never know. And I, I just think it's a perfect storm that's really going to take for this spring and the 2021 year. The swag is about to be off the chain. It's going to be crazy. Stephen, uh, marginal impact, huge impact, no impact. How is this going to affect recruiting, in your opinion? I mean, it's global. I mean, we already had Shannon Sharp on Undisputed talking about Deion Sanders and talking about him put, getting in front of recruits, families, and, and him building young men and things like that. And all of that stuff matters. All of that stuff is huge. I was going to get him into places that, you know, maybe if previous Jackson State coaches haven't been able to do. You know, uh, we've already had guys that have said, hey, you know what, I'm a three-star guy. I'm not going to go to Alabama. I'm going to go to Grambling or go wherever. And now I think you'll, you know, again, at that FCS level, you're not looking to really steal away five-star guys. But if you can steal some, some threes and maybe a four or a two as your Jackson State University, you got a big stadium, you've got a big following, the atmosphere, um, Prime is going to bring that atmosphere and already add to that as well. So I think that's going to be a major selling point. I think, again, this kids are starting to understand that you don't have to be at a power five school to get exposure even in football now because of the contracts that are out there so um again with the pandemics that doc talked about i think that we're in a perfect storm that this could really this could really turn it around he could really get some talent the question is how long will he be there will he stay to see that talent fully through if he's successful um so we'll have to see but i think uh yeah it's it's a it's to me it's a home run to get him already so Vaughn, you're a four- or five-star recruit in Tallahassee, uh, and Deion Sanders wants to come and sit down and talk to Mama and them. How's that going to go over? Can he flip some of those kids and get them to Jackson State? Absolutely. You talk about Deion, uh, it's several levels to Deion. Uh, we know most people know him of the uh, football guy uh, sidestepping down the sidelines after getting an interception. Uh, what people don't know that I was able to see here uh, is Dion is able to develop himself. He was a baseball player in high school. He was a marginal player, but he got to Florida State and they taught him how to slap. They taught him how to bunt. So with his speed, uh, obviously it helped him as an outfielder to get to balls that other people couldn't get to, uh, to get on base and steal and steal second, steal third, and then he's sitting duck. Uh, for an RBI for someone. In track, uh, over at Mike Long Track at Florida State, I watched several times where the Florida State 4 by 100 team never lost because no matter where the first and second leg gave uh, Deion the baton at the third leg, he was going to walk down whoever was in front of him and hand it to Big Sammy Smith who was going to bring it home. So I've seen Deion uh, as a chameleon. He's 
adapted to the environments over and over. The very immature kid that left here uh, that stayed at FAMU's campus more than he was at Florida State, let's be real, <laughs> and uh, but wore all the gold and, and, and was as flamboyant, at some point he learned that it was bigger than that. And he started mentoring kids. As I say, when I saw him at Corey Fuller's camp, I was like, I cannot believe these words are coming out of Deion Sanders' mouth. But by that time, he had two young men uh, headed to college that he had developed. So I think from that aspect, from grooming two young men in his own home, he'll be primed to groom young men at uh, Jackson State. You were primed. Dr. Cavill, he's already connected to the Texas football scene uh, from what he's done with uh, coaching, uh, offensive coordinator with his uh, son's high school team. From from what I've heard, they, they did so good that they ran Dion out of the conference. They had to go somewhere else because <laughs> they kept winning all the games. Uh, that doesn't hurt at all, does it? No, it doesn't hurt. He, he has relationships, and, and ultimately that's what we're talking about. His ability to have relationships and connect with people is second to none. He's one of the best uh, that we've seen over the years to do that. So his ability to navigate the space, as Vaughn said, connect uh, and reinvent itself is there. And we've seen how he's done that again and again. There's a couple of things that makes that question a little more challenging in regards to uh, how we perceive young people in terms of, you know, those four-star and five-star players. The system is set up for them to go to the Power Five schools. And when we talk about Power Five schools, it's actually set up for them to go to a very select part of those Power Five schools. You know, a certain tier, as some would call in basketball, they talk about the Blue Bloods. You have that same framework in football. So that will be challenging for him to tip that scale. But let's look at this just a little more deeper and a little change the framework. I believe it is extremely possible that he will be able to get some five-star, four-stars to talk about putting him in his top five, right? What does that do that change the dynamic in regards to other players that are not five-stars, that are those four-stars, those three-stars that Stephen Gaither talked about, right? As Vaughn alluded to, as Wally alluded to, when you look at that, the ability to navigate that space and how the domino effects start to fall. And then over a period of time, it does make you room that you can come back and then start really landing those five stars, right? And how many do you need to transform the team? Ultimately, people like to be win uh, part of winners. How quick is he able to turn Jackson State in a winning program? He has a litmus test this spring that can springboard him and give him a huge jump in regards to the recruiting landscape if he's able to have some marginal and let's forbid that he has some serious success in this spring. That navigates a whole different space. One other thing that we need to talk about in here is Jackson State facilities are not very good but they have a significant plan. And this also galvanizes that fan base to support more than they already support, which we know is significant. You have Ashley Robinson, and look what he did at Prairie View in terms of being able to work with all the powers that be to transform Prairie View in terms of one of the best uh, sporting facilities, athletic facilities, literally across the landscape, particularly not just HBCUs in the SWAC, but at the FCS level. If he's had, able to have a modicum part of that success at Jackson State and you connect that with the history of just not Jackson State but the SWAC, we're talking about that first game in Miami with the Orange Boston Classic, right, coming out of the spring, 
these things start to collide and we look at the intersectionality of all these different things connecting, then you're just waiting for this special type of powder keg. And then we never have seen any likes of this before. And in my opinion, back to what Wally said, while the other things are extremely important for us to critique, and we should not forget that, that's why when you start doing your pros and cons, in this case, I believe a lot more of the pro side is checked off, and you almost leave yourself with no other choice but to entertain to see the limitations of where this goes. This is a special case study. So we have to be careful about saying that because of this case study that it's going to change the entire culture, which are the concerns rightly so of Wally. But this is a scenario that is extremely different than all those others when we talk about all the things that we're really saying, the factors that come together, that put you in a position that you almost have to look at this and give it, as we say in our world, a case study look. And we'll see. Time will tell all. Great opportunity. And we'll see what will happen. Intersectionality. I can't top that. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Wally Pitt, hey, he's always going to take a left turn. Stephen J. Gaither is there with the breaking news. Nobody brings us the Tallahassee perspective like Von Wilson. And again, intersectionality. Uh, hey, Siri, can you spell intersectionality for me? <laughs> I'm still working on that one. I'm Tali Carr. Thanks a lot to Cross Colors for, uh, can you see that? Yeah, Cross Colors for sponsoring 10% off. Discount code at hbcugameday.com. Deion Sanders, new football coach at Jackson State University. We'll be talking about it for a while. See you guys next time.